This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Rolling Stones celebrating 60 years as a band, and they've released the legendary show in Toronto, 1977, at the El Macombo. Completely remastered. It sounds incredible. Please welcome to the El Macombo. would it be to be the dude who introduced that concert and now you're on the album yeah I'm trying to think of who was a popular broadcaster in the 70s I don't know who it would be Lloyd Robertson I believe <laughs> <laughs> what's the biggest band we've introduced Jim we've done the tragically hip uh, Stone Temple Pilots Slash Bush <laughs> trying to think. Let's hope one day they put out a live album of that show. Mm. Bootleggers, we're thinking of you. They do it differently now. Like Usually before we go out to introduce a band, we haven't done it in a couple years because of uh, stupid COVID, but we'll get a talk now because they don't want you to rile up the crowd too much. Understandably, they don't want people to get carried away and, and to rush the stage, so they'll say, we're going to do a soft intro. Mm-hmm. The band doesn't just kick right in anymore when you say, here's the Rolling Stones, yeah. and they Ladies start playing. the Beatles. They'll no. ask you to say, coming up in a few minutes, everybody. Yeah, and then they'll have a pre-programmed video role that'll play, and yeah. be like a self-hype machine. Yeah, so I don't know if we'd even make a live album Damn. nowadays. Mr. Shot. 1977. Hell of a time to be alive. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a great album. I was listening to it yesterday. You got like 23, 24 songs that were performed in front of about 300 people at the Elma Combo. It's awesome. And to celebrate 60 years of the Rolling Stones, what are we doing? Giving you a chance to see the band at what is destined to be another legendary show. On home turf in London, England, over the Canada Day long weekend, you could be going to see the Rolling Stones with a trip for two to London, four nights hotel accommodation, spending cash, a thousand bucks to spend while you're over there, and a once in a lifetime opportunity. If you want to go see the Rolling Stones in London, England, courtesy of Taz and Jim, you need to listen to the code word. Starting Monday, we'll announce the code words between 8 and 9 during our show. You then go online, enter your information, and that day's code word at y108.ca or fm96.com, and you're in the draw. You could be going to see the Rolling Stones! This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, are you an avocado guy? Not really. I've barely had it. I'll eat some avocado toast at a restaurant. Maybe once or twice in my life I have, but no, I'm not. You don't a big... buy avocados for the house, though. No, I don't. Mm. You're, are you judging me? Like I'm not hip now. We're a big avocado household. Oh, we like the avocados. Easy for the kids. You slice them up. Our kids will just gobble that up. Okay, they're good for you too. Mm, allegedly, healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a hack that has appeared on TikTok. That apparently helps you keep avocados fresh. This holistic mommy blogger has shared a video of her storing uncut avocados in water in the refrigerator. And she says that the avocados will stay 
good for about a month. They're hmm. they're like bananas in the way that once they start going, they go quick. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? You see one black spot, and then yeah. the next day, yeah. yeah, the avocado gets soft. You know that the clock is ticking. You got to eat that thing. You got to use it, or huh. it's going to be brown and, and disgusting. So if you leave an avocado in the fridge for too long, does it? It does it. It must dry up, and that's why the yeah, water it gets all shrivelly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, it's never does. heard that word before. Gets all shrivelly. Um, but here's the problem: the FDA in the United States has just weighed in because apparently this, people are starting to store their avocados in water in their fridge, and they are saying, "Do not do it," hmm? because your avocados could end up filled with dangerous bacteria. Ah, from everything else in the fridge, soak it into the water. One in five avocados have listeria on the outside. Oh, boy. And sometimes salmonella. Wait, my old my old roommate used to do that not with not with avocados, but with asparagus. He would stick it in like a rocks glass, like fill the glass up half with right. water and then like put all the asparagus in it. I wonder if that's also dangerous. I think that's pretty standard. When you go to the store, they have the asparagus the oh, ends yeah. of the asparagus and ice. In the tub, yeah. I think that one should be okay. But with the avocados, they're saying do not store them in water. Hmm. As tempting as it may be to give them a little extra life. <laughs> what, hmm. what is the one vegetable that you always end up throwing out? <laughs> oh, man, that's asparagus for me, too. I, I always get through like half the bundle before it starts turning. I'll give you a life hack for that. What's that? Cook it all at once. Have some uh, Philadelphia cream cheese in the fridge. And make yourself a nice little asparagus sandwich the next day. Rye toast, cream cheese, asparagus on what? top, cooked asparagus, cracked black pepper. It is incredible. Hmm. It's nice. You know, I don't like a sandwich that doesn't have meat on it. Maybe a peanut butter, I guess. But I feel like you got to throw like some ham on that or something. Maybe some a little turkey. prosciutto. Oh, whoa. Now we're talking. <laughs> it's celery for for me i think oh yeah I, you never get through the entire thing of celery and it just starts getting all limp yeah yeah it turns know? like yellow at the base or whatever <laughs> it's it's just drooping <laughs> time to go celery got a call here this is an avocado follow-up what's going on hey okay buddy i got a tip for you the avocados love them you gotta freeze them when they get ripe you freeze them and then they stay green in the freezer just take them out for like a half hour before you want to eat them. Okay. But yeah, you, you got to eat them right away if you take them out, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. You got like a half hour for them to thaw or something. So you, know, you want to eat them like, like a half hour from after, you know, you got to let them thaw. Yeah, yeah. But they stay green in the freezer, man. That sounds like it might be an option. The Food and Drug Administration in the United States is saying that you should not store avocados in water in the fridge because uh, stuff on the outside, listeria, salmonella possibly, could seep into the inside of the avocado hmm. if you're doing that. Now, we did have a, a conspiracy theorist give us a call, say that uh, he thinks the Mexican drug cartels could be controlling the FDA down in the United States because, you know, the, the avocado trade, big business for cartels in Mexico. Yeah, it's been hijacked. By yeah. the cartels, basically. If you had an avocado farm, they came in and said, Hey, 
Can we buy your farm? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the farm. (laughs) Uh, What is the vegetable that you always end up throwing out before you get a chance to use it? This is one Taz and Jim listener sent us a text message. Says that he is constantly throwing out half a tomato. Mm. I, I guess you make a BLT. And you always think you're going to use that other half a tomato later, right? So you throw it in the fridge. You put a little saran wrap over half, like just the open part of it, and like maybe like try to seal it. (laughs) I mentioned that celery is a big one. Like we never get through all of the celery before it it goes floppy. Well, Uh Cheryl, Jamie, and a number of of our listeners have sent us a life hack for this one, Jim. Yeah, yeah. If you wrap celery in tin foil, it lasts forever in the fridge, they say. Then another one said, hey, hey, wrap your celery in tin foil. It will last for three weeks or more. Wow. Taz, wrap your uncut celery in tin foil, covering the whole thing, and it'll last longer in your fridge. They're also saying that when it comes to celery, too, that you can put them in water. Like, you're talking about how your celery gets all droopy. And they go, hey, hey, Taz, store your celery in water. That droop will stiffen right back up. <laughs> and then somebody says, cut up the celery and put, put it in water. It'll be floating around, but it'll last longer. Yeah. Cucumbers. Yeah, those things go floppy as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're having trouble getting through all your celery, just eat more or drink more Caesars, Taz. I'm allergic to Clamato juice. Oh, sorry. Buddy. That's probably why my celery lasts so long in the fridge. Sure. And why the half a tomato is going unused. <laughs> spinach is another one. Yeah, the, the spinach. You got to, when you're shopping for that, that tub of spinach, you got to look at the expiry oh, date. Oh, yeah. Because it could be two days from now or like a week and a half. Right. The spring mix, too. I always end up throwing out half of that. It's- you got you to gotta dig deep. Go for the, the tub at the bottom. Of the pile at the at the grocery store, <laughs> I, I do like doing that. But then you like pull it out of that. It's got that pressurized thing that pushes the next one out, like on a spring system. And then so you pull the wrong one out, and then it's really hard to get it back in. I find <laughs> everyone's staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> Just pick a spinach and get out of here. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. And Jim Kelly, somebody told me you'd like to file a complaint. I would like to file. I don't know, maybe it's a trivial complaint, but this has been bothering me for like six months now. I'm going to say something. Uh-oh. <laughs> Buckle up. It's not... Is it well, about me? <laughs> Taz, sit down. No, it's it's about sitting down. We went to Toronto this week, this past weekend, uh, my, my future and sister-in-law's 30th birthday. So we go to a nice restaurant and, you know, it's like expensive. You have to show up all at the same time like it's one of these places like if you have a reservation you yeah. can't trickle and you have Olive to show Garden? up at the shit <laughs> five guys burgers and fries it was the fanciest restaurant I've ever been to it was called Olive Garden <laughs> I don't even know it wasn't that fancy it wasn't crazy expensive it was called Cactus but it, but Club but it was a nice restaurant it was a nice restaurant yeah yeah and like the lighting is perfect you know they have all these leather chairs it's a beautiful spot and then you sit down at your table and what's in the middle of a table a scotch taped on cue QR code that the waitress then tells us we have to use for the menu. Now, I understand that, you know, they didn't want to hand out menus a year ago when we didn't know much about COVID and they, they thought it was transmitted on surfaces. But that's over now. Why are we still using the QR code menus? Well, it's a cost saver. I for, get it. For the I get it. They've been, been through a lot. Yes. And I know you're saving money on the overheads, but this has been a staple in restaurants for 
as long as they've been around. And I get it, you're trying to save money, but like I'm looking at my at my phone, and you know sometimes you can't connect to the Wi-Fi. It's that you're not getting a good signal inside the restaurant, so you have to wait till they come back to get the Wi-Fi password. Sometimes my photo, I don't know what's up with my phone, but sometimes my photo reader, QR code reader program, like doesn't pick up if I'm like not shooting it at sure. the right angle or if I'm like uh, if I'm coming out at, at the side I have to turn it and look at and then you're like trying to look through the appetizers the drinks and the thing and you got to go to the sub menu and then it's buffering and that and maybe your phone's dead my old man doesn't even have a smartphone what's what's Pat Kelly gonna do when we go to the keg <laughs> Like, are, what? What is? What are we is this doing it? here? This is, this so, is you want you want the paper, the the physical hard copy of the menu back. Yeah, it doesn't have to be in a nice leather bound, you know, menu holder. I don't care, and I know it's trivial, and there's bigger problems in the world. But why are we still using the QR code thing? Is it unreasonable to bring back the paper menus? Uh, where do you get your news? Did you, did you read the newspaper every morning too, there, old man? Or I did. I recently canceled <laughs> my Globe and Mail subscription. It was too pricey, and I didn't read it all the time. <laughs> what? You, what do you, you mean? You don't think you could adapt to the QR code? I can, but I but the, it was brought in under the pretense that it was unsafe to to hand a menu out. Now that that's not true, like I sure, mean, it's, it's, it, it, it it lowers. But is, is it not a better system? I mean, no. now restaurants can change the menu without having to throw all that waste you know all the old menus in the garbage i don't like it because they're passing the the nuisance on to us it's all about user experience at a restaurant it's an experience you're going out there and you're supposed to be pampered right generally if it's an expensive restaurant did you ask if they had some hard copies of the menu that you no, could take a look at that guy now they got to leave the table and come back it should just be off it wasn't yeah. a problem two years ago it, it was you know I, I don't know i never ran a restaurant and i know it costs money to do so but i didn't think it was what was crushing the restaurant industry is paying for menus i get i get there's a benefit to it but i'm tired of looking at my damn and also you're looking at everybody looks so anti-social because people are staring down at their phone and right. then you know and then a notification comes up now you're looking at instagram I know it's I know it's trivial, but like I think it's time we can go back to the paper menus, please. So Jim's a little frustrated. He thinks it's time to bring the physical copies of menus back at restaurants. Doesn't want to use the QR codes anymore. And I'm sick of it, Steve. You've got a comment. Me and my wife normally try to leave our phones in the vehicle because we don't we focus on each other, not uh, distractions. I have ADHD, so I can easily just go completely sideways on the phone. Oh, yeah. Same with Taz and I, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now they're forcing me to have to fight. Now <laughs> it's it's the restaurant's fault that you're not paying any attention to your wife. <laughs> yeah. I'll take yeah. some Chardonnay with a little Ritalin crushed up in it, if you don't mind. Uh, I think I need something stronger than Ritalin. <laughs> hey, it's Taz and Jim. Jim there. Uh, just be glad we don't have to use the QR code to fill out all our contact information anymore. I know, I know, but I, I never want to see a QR code again, man. I'm over it. Traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's going on? I got a thing for Jim about his menus. Yeah. Uh, wait until time passes because we can't do anything about our progression in this world. Sooner or later, the table is going to be able to assess your body and your physical condition and suggest things that you should eat. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's going to be a weight scale in the yeah. seat cushion. <laughs> oh, it's going to be brutal. It's yeah. gonna be, you're a little low on vitamin D. 
Yeah, or it'll be like it'll be like you've already had beef three times this month. Do you know your carbon footprint is ruining the planet? You have to get a salad. Oh, exactly. I miss menus too. That's the way things were. But really, when our life revolves around the internet, yeah, yeah, it's inevitable. Maybe likely. Yeah, I know. We're gonna have to suck it up. It's time for sports with Devin Peacock, our sports guy, Dev. Yes. What the heck? <laughs> I stopped watching that uh, St. Louis Blues uh, Colorado Avalanche game last night because I thought Colorado had it in the bag. You jinxed Colorado. It's all your fault. Uh, Colorado <laughs> went up three to nothing. Like the first half of last night's game between Colorado and St. Louis was great for Colorado. It was all Avalanche. They it went was up three nothing. It was over. But then the tide started to turn, and in the second half of the game, St. Louis outscored Colorado 5-1. to 5-4 was the final score in overtime for the Blues. They've got a game six now in St. Louis. That'll be tomorrow night, and while I still think Colorado is going to win this series, that is a bad loss. You cannot have those types of losses on your resume, but it happened to Colorado. We've been talking about Joe Thornton, the pride of St. Thomas, Ontario. He uh, was playing with the Florida Panthers, had a shot to finally win a Stanley Cup, but uh, didn't happen, wasn't in the cards. And now his future is uncertain in the league. Yeah, Joe Thornton just completed his 24th season in the NHL. He turns 43 on July the 2nd. He was the second oldest skater, actually, to appear in a game this past season. Zidane Chara was the oldest player. He's 45 years old. But uh, unlike Chara, Thornton is unsure as to what he is going to be doing. I would guess he might Uh, be retiring at this point, partially because he's had diminishing roles every single season the past couple of years when he's been playing with San Jose, then Toronto, now Florida. I love Joe Thornton. I would love to see him go again. I just don't know if there's going to be a spot for him. And at a certain point, the dance has to end. It's been a great 24 years. Joe Thornton is obviously a surefire Hall of Famer. The day he retires, the next day they should put him into the Hall of Fame. His Beard. I think this is the end. <laughs> Are they going to the have his, his, the hall of his fame. beard on display in the hall? <laughs> I'm always very impressed with guys in their 40s who play hockey. Now that I'm almost 45 years old, like I get out of bed and I hear it sounds like a bowl of Rice Krispies just had <laughs> milk poured on it. Snap, crackle, <laughs> pop. <laughs> so the fact that he's even contemplating another year in the NHL uh, blows my mind. It, it might be something where, I mean, he, he could prove me wrong in like a week, but it might be something where he gets to free agency and just looks at the lay of the land and sees uh, where he might want to play, who might want to have him, and then goes from there. So I think he's probably looking just for the right spot and if he can't find it then he can walk away and if he walks away he should know that he's walking away content and that he's had a fantastic career this is the taz and jim podcast if you're one of our listeners uh tuning into white 108 and you live in the hamilton area i hope you're giving all your loving to the bulldogs man <laughs> they've earned it another win for the bulldogs over north bay they're now up three nothing in that series uh, is has a team in the OHL ever won the Memorial Cup after getting through the playoffs, sweeping every series they're in? 
Because I think at this point, it's a real possibility. Yeah. Knock on wood. We could ask our OHL expert, Mike Stubbs, maybe. He'd probably know the answer to that. But I don't know if I've ever heard of a team that was doing this well before. They haven't lost a game in the playoffs. It's crazy. I think they, they didn't lose 10 or 11 games before the playoffs started. This Hamilton Bulldogs team is the real deal. They're 11 and 0. <laughs> that is wild in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah, good for them, man. Pretty wild. Absolutely. That's a great great way well, to describe here we go, it. Here we go. I have an answer to, the, to your question here. What is the longest win, win streak in an OHL postseason? They are, they don't haven't set the record yet. The longest single win streak in an OHL postseason is 13 by the 2016 London Knights team, which was co-captained by current Maple Leaf star Mitch Marner. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hear that, London? Guess who's <laughs> hot on your heels? You got a bulldog <laughs> sniffing around. Those Knights went on to win the Memorial Cup, so it's looking good for, uh, for the Bulldogs right now, too. Yeah, there should not be an empty seat. In the uh, in the stands, well, when the Bulldogs are playing at home, man, making this history, is, guys. Let's go. This is incredible. Kudos to the Hamilton Bulldogs. Keep it up. Exciting to watch. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Tom Brady. You know, I like to see this guy just continue to succeed. Uh, he's he, he's the best. Ever <laughs> since he he went to Tampa Bay, I, I just I've fallen in love with him. Yeah, and if he leaves. I'll hate him again. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of, you can't help but be envious of Tom Brady. He seems to be good at anything he does. Winners win. Absolutely. A video has gone viral. This is insane. So there's a, um, a camera crew following Tom Brady on a golf course, and he's taking golf shots, and they're following his ball flight with a drone. So they've got a drone on standby. It flies up. Okay, three, two, one, swing the club. Brady takes a swing. Ball soars through the air. Drone follows. Drone follows. Hole in one. Three, two, one, swing. That's looking good. That's in the hole. That's in. That's in. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how many times he missed before he finally got in there. <laughs> Does it even matter? <laughs> I mean, I've I've taken I don't know a thousand shots like that on a par three, and I, I didn't get a hole in one. Yeah, I've never got a hole in one either. It'd be nice, and rarely is it on camera. And I have to say, kudos to the cameraman because that is one of the most beautiful drone shots I've ever seen. Because it comes to the ball, it comes in hot, and it's like timed perfectly, goes in the air. It's incredible footage. Drones are. Underappreciated, I think. Truly, like, do you realize? Did, do you realize how incredible that technology is? Like in my lifetime, it's one of the coolest developments that has come to be. There's one on Mars, for heaven's sake. Yeah, really. And they're kind of just like a toy that a child will have now. Like I bought my nephew one five years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, I should buy one. This thing is incredible. Well, the problem is it does take a lot of skill to fly them. So most people buy them. They crash them off the ceiling. It bounces <laughs> off two walls. The propeller's broken. You never yeah. use the drone again. Yeah, it goes through the ceiling fan. But the people who spend the time to, to learn how to do it and the precision they can fly these drones with, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the camera shots you see in movies now 
are all filmed with drones. They used to have to get a helicopter in the air. Oh yeah, to get a lot of these uh, these these landscape and these aerial shots that are used in film and television. Yeah, and you it's don't a game even, changer. Sometimes you don't even need to be a good pilot. You just have the GPS thing on your phone, and then the drone follows you wherever you go. Right. If you ride a dirt bike, it'll just follow you. If you're like going on vacations and jumping off cliffs, it'll just follow you wherever you go. It's like a little flying R two D two. It's like your little buddy, <laughs> right over yeah, your shoulder. Yeah, it's like a little tails, and you're Sonic, and it's always following you. <laughs> we'll post that video. If you love Tom Brady, you'll love this. If you hate Tom Brady, this will make you hate him even more. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. The story you just sent me, Jim, mm-hmm. is is this a new story? Didn't we talk about this already? Which one? Six percent of Americans think they could beat a grizzly bear in hand-to-hand combat. Close. No, th- we talked about people thinking they could fight a gorilla. Remember that? Ah, yes. That opened a huge can of worms. Um, but then didn't we get on to the topic? Would you rather fight a grizzly bear or a gorilla? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I don't know, but this is a new story. Maybe they just keep going back to the well. <laughs> And researchers keep wondering this age-old question. We, we just want to check in again yeah, for 2022. Yeah. Do you guys still think you could beat up a grizzly bear? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing our annual grizzly report. Well, yeah, 6% of Americans think they could beat a grizzly bear up in hand-to-hand combat. Now, I could see if you had a machete or a chainsaw, a sword or something, but hand-to-hand combat. Does anybody answering this survey know what a grizzly bear looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Do they understand what a grizzly bear is versus a black bear? Have they seen the movie The Edge with Alec Baldwin? Oh. And Sir Anthony Hopkins? Oh. Do not try to steal a man's wife anywhere near a grizzly bear is what I learned. That's a great movie. It's, a, it's so good. It's so good. Um, they needed sticks, though, sharpened sticks to fight the grizzly bear. <laughs> oh, that's true. You dig the hole and then... Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Couldn't, they couldn't do it hand-to-hand. The funny thing about this survey, though, it didn't stop at grizzly bears. They asked them, like, which animals do you think you could beat up? So 6% <laughs> said they could beat up a grizzly bear. 8% said they could beat up a lion. 8% said they could beat up an elephant. Eight percent, nine percent said they could beat up a gorilla. Nine percent said they could beat up a crocodile. Twelve for a wolf. Fourteen for kangaroo. Fifteen for king cobra. Seventeen for chimpanzee. Thirty for eagle. Sixty-one for goose. <laughs> beat now, up an eagle. <laughs> I bet you. Okay, this was Americans asked if they could beat up a goose. Sixty-one percent said yes. If you ask Canadians, I bet you that would go down to like twenty-eight percent because yeah. they, they've been around geese before and they know how big. They are the Canadian geese, man. Especially this time of year, they got their babies mm-hmm. uh, that they're protecting. You go near one of those things, yeah. But a lot, a lot of Americans have very low self-esteem for their ability to fight. Only seventy-two percent think they could beat up a rat. I could. I mean, I, if, you, if you have the use of your arms and/or feet, sure. But there's the grossness factor, right? I guess my girlfriend probably couldn't beat up a rat because she would wouldn't wouldn't want to fight it. Yeah, you should be able to just hoof one like a like a football if it came down to it, or just a stomp, and a stompy action. I'm talking about the rat was the antagonist here. Like they did something really bad. Oh and, yeah, and they deserved it because we don't want to uh, condone people beating up any animal. No, these are your classic American stand your ground laws. It came onto your bedroom and lock the door behind you. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that rat 
is a real rat. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be a reality show. Oh, if, if in an have, alternate world. If they have all these people claiming they can beat up elephants and gorillas and, and grizzly bears, let's give them their shot. We're this close with virtual reality. We're so close. <laughs> I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Who do you trust? Let's do this new Top Gun movie, Top Gun Maverick, in theaters today. We've each got a fact about Top Gun. One of us telling the truth. Is it myself, Taz? Is it my goose, Jim Kelly? Whoa! You're growing the mustache back. I'm I trying, like it. Trying, yeah. trying, trying to goose it up a little. Or is it our Hamilton producer, Ryan? Flying Ryan, we call him today. Flying Ryan is his call sign. Are you there, Ryan? Howdy, guys. <laughs> oh, he's good. Yeah, you know how they you know how they say at Top Gun School, howdy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our contestant here is Jason. Where are you calling from, Jason? I'm calling from Listowel. Listowel, Ontario. Jim, why don't you go first with your fact about Top Gun? Listen carefully. Uh, we all know that Top Gun stars, international acting superstars like Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. But did you know that the in that volleyball scene, that famous beach volleyball scene, that Wilson volleyball went on to star as Wilson in the Tom Hanks classic, Castaway. Took a bit of oh. a hiatus, but they noticed like how much potential this particular volleyball had and said, keep an eye on that one. <laughs> and then uh, sure enough, the next time there was a like a top-tier acting spot for a volleyball, that ball came out of rehab, starred in Castaway, and the rest is history. Wow. So it's the same volleyball in the... In the, mm-hmm. the uh, shirtless volleyball scene in the original movie. 100%. You can tell. If you look closely, it's the same chops. I thought it looked familiar, Mm -hmm. actually. Okay, that's interesting. Ryan, Flying Ryan, what's your fact about Top Gun? So do you guys remember when they opened the Top Gun ride at Canada's Wonderland? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the roller coaster where you kind of hung down. That was sweet. So they gave Tom Cruise a lifetime pass to Canada's Wonderland after the opening of that ride, and he fell in love with it, so much so that he regularly shows up to Canada's Wonderland in disguise just to ride the Top Gun ride. Mm, The adrenaline junkie. The name of the ride, I believe, has changed now that it's no longer Paramount, Paramount Canada's yeah, Wonderland. Yeah. But does he, it's flight deck now. Does he still show up? Like He loves Canada's Wonderland, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Here is the truth about Top Gun, and I don't know why you wouldn't trust me, Jason, because I don't don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I'm a bit of a pilot myself. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Back in the day, uh, I went on a media flight with the Snowbirds, Canada's famous Snowbirds. And, uh, yeah, I I know what it's like up there in the sky. A media flight? You told me it was a mission. (laughs) In my mind, it was. But when you put on your flight suit um, for the first time, when you're going up in one of these jets, you'll notice a little clip on the upper part of your leg. And uh, the uninitiated wouldn't know what that clip is for, but it's for a little envelope. You fold an envelope in half and you put that on your leg. The reason is, if you start pulling too many G's like I've been known to do... (laughs) 
you might get a, a little tummy ache, and, and you you may lose your lunch. So there's an envelope on your leg, and if you're going to throw up, you throw up in the envelope so you don't make a mess in the cockpit. Now, during the filming of the original Top Gun, there was only one cast member who didn't barf while filming the flight scenes. Do you know who that cast member was? I would guess no, Tom I, Cruise. You would guess Tom Cruise. You'd be wrong. It was Anthony Edwards who played Goose. Ironically, the character who dies was the best at hmm. handling himself in the airplane. So who do you trust here, Jason? Is it Jim Kelly with the volleyball? Went on to have an illustrious career after Top Gun. Is it uh, Flying Ryan with Tom Cruise is addicted to Canada's Wonderland? Or is it myself, Taz? That goose never barfed. I'm going to go with you, Taz. Congratulations. You just won yourself $100 in Lotto 649 tickets. Goose was the only one that didn't barf. Yeah. Only the good die young, man. <laughs> uh, enjoy. If you uh, win that uh, that jackpot, let us know. Maybe buy yourself a jet and let us go for a ride in it, okay? <laughs> I will do that. Congratulations. I'll train you on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show you a thing or two. <laughs> I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, peacock. Let's take a look at sports with our sports guy, Devin Peacock. Hey, Dev, have you heard anything about the CFL and uh, player negotiations? Big deadline coming up tonight. The deadline is midnight tonight. It appears as though the, the, the real issue that is standing in the way of the CFL season starting on time is the ratio. So the Canadian ratio of players, that is what's standing in the way of a new CBA here in the CFL. And that kind of gets to the crux of the issue here where you have Canadian players and you have American players, two sides with on one, on the one side, they have the same interests, but they also have competing interests. So can they get that Canadian ratio to a spot where both sides of the CFLPA are happy moving forward? I'm not sure. I know that the CFL has said this is their final offer, but remember the negotiations with Major League Baseball? They said this is our final offer about five <laughs> times before it was actually the final offer. You think yeah, this I is mean, for real? I don't think it's for real. It's never for real. The, the, the final offer is the one that gets the job done. And if you're the CFL and you've had two years of pandemic football, one year that where your season was canceled altogether, are you telling me if there's a sniff, if there's a whiff, if there's anything of a chance that you can get this done, that you have to alter your deal slightly, you would do it? Of course they would. So there's, there's no such thing as a final deal until the deal is done. Sticking with football, but switching to the NFL, Colin Kaepernick is looking at making a comeback to the league. Yeah, he uh, reportedly worked out for the Las Vegas Raiders on Wednesday, and uh, it would be interesting if he were to actually make his return to the NFL. He has not played in the NFL since 2016. His last appearance in the NFL was when he met with the Seattle Seahawks in 2017. He is 34 years old now. He would be a backup in Las Vegas if he were to make the team, of course. They've got Derek Carr as their starter. And I'm curious to see how this goes just because he says he has kept himself in shape, and I'm sure he has. But six years is a long time to be away from the sport. And even if you are working out, you are not working out, you are not scrimmaging, you are not doing the day-to-day -day that you normally would 
as if you were in the NFL. And even though he hasn't played for the past six years, the human body is still the human body. And you're 34 years old now. You're not 28. It's it's uh, to me. I think it's it's harder than maybe he and maybe some outsiders may think. Do you think the NFL would welcome him back? Didn't he just release a Netflix series where he called the NFL modern day slave traders where the combine is like, just like it was back in the day when they were measuring slaves. I mean, has he not eliminated himself from the roster just based on his behavior? He's not the first NFL player to to say that about the NFL. I mean, uh, NFL players have been dumping on the NFL for a long time. And in particular, people hate Roger Goodell. I don't think his return would be as controversial as people may think. Thanks, Dev. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. You got to think that if the Oilers are able to close out the series, take down the flames tonight, 930, that game starts. There is going to be a party Oh, buddy. I feel bad for them because even if they win the cup, I don't know if it'll ever top beating the Flames. You know what I mean? It's the Battle of Alberta, obviously. I'm sure they'll party if they win the cup as well. And I'm basing this on the picture that you posted on the Taz and Jim Facebook page today, Jim. Yeah, it's a it's a Oilers fan. Looks like a young guy, maybe even like a teenager, very young. But he's got his orange Oilers jersey on, and he's on top of some sort of sign outside the arena, and he's cheering in the first picture. He's got his hands in the air, and he's like wearing a clock around his neck, like Flava Flav, woo, having a good time. Is that a giant puck? It looks like oh, a giant maybe that's puck. What it yeah. Is. And then next photo, he's still on the sign, but now he's throwing up, and it's landing on all the other Oilers fans' heads. <laughs> Yeah, he's up on his sign. He's yeah. barfing all over the crowd in front of him. And then in the next photo, it's him hammered, leaning up against the wall, being interrogated by two police officers. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> you would frame those pictures if that was you and hang oh, them in your man cave. This guy better. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Oilers could do it tonight. You got Rangers Hurricanes uh, playing that series tied 2-2 as well this evening. And... If you missed, if you went to bed like I did when the Avalanche was up three nothing last night against the Blues, guess what? St. Louis Blues come back and win in overtime five four. Oh boy, that makes it interesting. And as uh, Devin said earlier in the show, that may be a, a difference maker when you have it in hand like that, and a team comes back to beat you. It can get in your head. Oh yeah, that's a that's a morale destroyer. I'm not going to bring the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's not. We this, don't need to. I'm thinking about Game Six in the series against Tampa. Yeah, it was a tough one to bounce back from, mm-hmm. obviously, because mm-hmm. they didn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, that series has gotten very interesting as well. This is the Taz and Jim podcast.